This program is brought to you by Grand Valley State University. We're talking today with Mark Couturier of Greenville, Michigan. Mark was a volunteer serving in Afghanistan uh, at the end of 2007. The interviewer is James Smither of Grand Valley State University. Uh, Mark, can you start by giving us a little bit of background on yourself? Uh, where were you born? Where did you grow up? That kind of thing. Well, I was born in um, Seoul, the Republic of Korea, and um, you know, I was adopted by an American couple. Um, you know, I came here, I was um, raised in Greenville, and, you know, um, I um, went to uh, Central Michigan for a while, and you know my infinite wisdom. I dropped out. You know, you know, I was out of college for a few years, and then I went to Grand Valley in um, fall of 2004, and I graduated with a bachelor's of arts degree in history in uh, December of 2006. Okay, and what uh, kind of specialized stuff did you do at Grand Valley? Well, you know, um, as a history major, I took an internship with the Hallenstein Center for Presidential Studies um, or in uh, Grand Rapids. And so, you know, I would write essays on presidential leadership, and I've actually been doing some freelance work for them since. Okay. Now, how did you wind up going to Afghanistan? Well, it's a funny story, Jim. Uh, I wanted to go in the Peace Corps when I was in college, you know. I, like most young people, I'm, you know, was very idealistic, wanted to go abroad. I mean, I'd never been, well, I mean, obviously I was born outside the country, but I came here when I was a year old, so I don't have any memories of that. And um, I've been to uh, Indiana, Ohio, Illinois, Washington, D.C., and Connecticut, and that's pretty much the extent of my international traveling. And, you know, I, I'm interested in foreign policy, I'm interested in politics, and, you know, I wanted to go overseas. Um, tried several times to study abroad, and that never worked out. Um, you know, when I was younger, I tried to join the military, and um, you know, legally blind, so four F, so that didn't work out. And you know, um, so anyway, though, um, when I graduated, I um, probably spent four months um, applying to the Peace Corps. You know, I you know I did the application process. I had a dozen immunizations. You know, um, you know I um, you know did the physical, eye test, and all that. And um, in their infinite wisdom, the powers that be decided that I was not Peace Corps material. You know, mm -hmm. they, you know, um, they rejected me on a diagnosis of Asperger's, and they probably would have done so for the eyesight as well had they gotten around to it. Um, so that wasn't um, from I'd say from December to April, April of 2007. Mm -hmm. And um, well, uh, after I was rejected, um, you know, and I guess in an act of desperation, I did a little ex fishing expedition, and I just hunted up. Um, a list of NGOs in Afghanistan and Iraq, which are two places I'd always wanted to go for quite some time. Can you explain to the audience what an NGO is? NGO is a non-governmental organization, usually private, um, funded by private donations and private corporations. Um, and they go to third world countries to, um, you know, to do a humanitarian aid mm -hmm. there. Okay. So, anyway, though, so um, I, I um, so I contacted all these NGOs. Many of them were defunct, probably. They probably weren't even operating there, but I just. You know, I hoped for a response. I didn't expect any, but in fact, one did respond. Um, a refugee woman from Afghanistan named Homaira Zahir from California um, contacted me, and you know, she um, asked me what I was interested in, and she was um, head of an NGO called America's Support for Afghanistan. However, you know, she'd been having trouble with operations, so she took my resume and gave it to a friend of hers. Um, a dentist who was going to start up a dental clinic and a dental school in Kabul. Mm -hmm. um, and they were supposed to start out that summer. 
And so that's how I, you know, met uh, Dr. James Rolfe of Santa Barbara, California. Mm -hmm. And he was interested, you know, he said I could come. He said I would have to pay my way, you know, the ticket and everything, mm -hmm. and I would have to do all, you know, the things to get to prepare. But, um, you know, he said I was welcome to come despite my handicaps. And mm -hmm. so, you know, I, I, you know, I signed on. I told him and we were supposed to leave in um, August. So. Now, what kind of preparation did the, the, did the group give you? in terms of going over there, um, or what things did you have to go through in order to be able to go? Well, you know, I had an information sheet that he gave me that I had to fill out myself to find mm -hmm. out, you know, what kinds of, um, what kinds of uh, medications, you mm -hmm. know, and pills that I would need to take with me. Mm -hmm. um, turns out that I used Shipofloxacin and Doxycycline um, to prevent you from getting sick, and also, um, well, I had, um, you know, I had had a lot of immunizations for the Peace Corps, so I, so I only needed to get maybe two or three more vaccinations, mm -hmm. so that worked out. Um, and I had to get a visa, of course, you know, for, um, I got one for six months, even though we would only be staying for one month. Mm -hmm. and that turned out to be a good idea because we did not leave when scheduled. We were supposed to leave in August, and then got bumped back to September 15th, and then the shipments got held at the border, so we had... You know, we didn't leave until the middle of November, or about the middle of November, so... Now, um, when you left, did you fly out there as a group? Uh, no, I, well, I, I flew from Grand Rapids to Atlanta, mm -hmm. and then I met Jim in Atlanta. He was mm -hmm. flying from Los Angeles, mm -hmm. and then we flew to Dubai and spent the night there, and then we, then we flew to Kabul. So it was just me and him, you know? Okay. Uh, what sort of... The, what sort of impression did you have of Dubai? I mean, I realize you just got go, oh, going it. out. I loved it. I thought it was, um, we, uh, you know, we went to McDonald's, we went to a, uh, mm -hmm. we went to a party store. It's, you know, very similar to the U.S., you mm -hmm. know, except a lot of the writing is in Arabic, although a lot of the writing is also in English, too. Mm -hmm. And everybody speaks English, you know, I didn't see, you know, it was a very clean place, mm -hmm. um, and I just, I loved it, you know. Okay. Now, was this a... I mean, how secular a community did it appear to be to you? Um, pretty secular. I mean, there were a lot of people, a lot of women who were dressed very modern. Okay, so, so were, there, were the women wearing head coverings, or...? I did not... I, did, I saw very few of that, mm -hmm. you know. So, you know, you see some men with Muslim garb, mm -hmm. but you also would see people in suits and ties, mm -hmm. you know, and women wearing, you know, um, pretty, uh, you know, um, you know, pretty, uh, how shall I say... Contemporary clothing. There you go. So. Yeah. Okay. So that's sort of your, your one glimpse of you know, but that's in many ways not very third worldish. No, uh, no, it's not a very at westernized all. Not at all. Piece yes. of the Emirates. All right, and then you get back on. You, you fly over to uh, Afghanistan. Uh, what time of day did you arrive in Afghanistan? Um, about nine thirty, the local time, uh, in the morning. Okay. So. And what was your first impression when you got off the plane? Uh, very bizarre. Um, you know, <laughs> never being over, never being overseas, and certainly never being in a, a country at war. You know, it, you know, it was very odd to see soldiers at the airport. You know, a lot of people were trying to, uh, pretty much trying to whip you off. A lot of, you know, you know, um, some of the baggage boys. You know, a lot mm -hmm. of people. It's, you know, those. And I know that's it's, it's very typical. And uh, fortunately, Jim Wolf was with me, so you know I, we were able to avoid some of that. Um, you know, we took a taxi cab, you know, from the airport to a uh, um, you know a clinic site, mm -hmm. and it was just you know bizarre. You know, seeing all the the, the streets, the the buildings. A lot of the buildings are damaged from mm -hmm. the wars. Um, you know, the it was weird to see you know all kinds of people on the street in the right in the middle of the streets. You know, people with men with push cards, mm -hmm. with the, you know with fruit and all that, and. Uh, you know, it's weird to see people on horseback, and you'd see sheep and dead cows on the back of taxis. And mm -hmm. there were many taxis, about 45,000 taxis. And, you know, mm -hmm. you'd have people driving mine, like Toyotas, Hyundais, but then people driving old rickety cars. And mm -hmm. it was just really a smorgasbord of, you know, just, uh, you know, oh, yeah. pedestrian activity. How much of a, of a Western presence did there seem to be? I mean, uh, not a lot. I mean, you would see, <laughs> you would see um, you know, signs in English, actually, mm -hmm. in other European languages. 
And it was funny because many of the English words were spelled wrong. Like mm -hmm. restaurant did not have an, was missing one of the A's and one mm -hmm. of the signs. And it was just very funny to see that. But I um, mean, you'd see people, you know, a lot of people have cell phones. Almost everybody has a, has a cell phone. You know, you mm -hmm. see, you would see Western cars, but other than that, many people were dressed in, um, in um, traditional Afghani garb. Women, certainly. Mm -hmm. I, I did not see one woman whose head was not covered in some way, and some mm -hmm. of them were covered from head to toe. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was very, you know, it was very, uh, you know, it was culture shock. It was very odd to see that. Okay. Uh, you get out to the, the clinic site. I mean, where was the clinic relative to maybe where main government buildings or um, things like that? You know, it's kind of hard to tell, um, but I'd say a couple miles away mm -hmm. from the health ministry because Jim would also go to the health ministry because we had to get documents signed. So, okay. maybe a couple miles away. What kind of area or neighborhood was it in? It was, um, well, it was uh, the neighborhood that was called Katechow. It was actually one of the better looking neighborhoods, but, you know, in, but in Afghanistan, you know, it's a dirt road, um, you know, trenches on the sidewalks, you know, very, you know, quite obviously not up to Western standards, but, you know, it was a relatively nice neighborhood, though. So, and you had the mountains, and it was just very beautiful. Okay. Uh, what condition was the clinic in when you got there? Uh, <laughs> well, we were told that the house would be furnished, because we were going to stay at a house, which is also going to serve as a school for the dental school. Mm -hmm. And then... Um, the, um, then, of course, you know, we had the cl the portable clinic, which was arrived in a 40-foot container, mm -hmm. uh, 40,000 pounds. And that, you know, obviously hadn't been opened yet, and right. hadn't been put on its foundation. And mm -hmm. the house, we were told it was furnished, but it was not. So it was nothing. We had to do all the work on it. Everything was bare. No electricity, no running water. So a lot of the work was actually working on the house, as mm -hmm. well as the clinic site. So. Okay. Uh, what kind of work did you actually do? Um, what all I did was I, um, well, Jim had um, three 40-foot um, containers, 120,000 pounds total, and I just helped him unpack, mm -hmm. you know, cabinets, shoes, you know, thousands of shoes that he was giving away, blankets and mm -hmm. electrical equipment. And I would also assist Jim and the other American volunteer, Paul, who was a computer engineer from Santa Barbara, California. He had been recently retired, mm -hmm. and he also worked on, you know, we did uh, well, he actually, you know, um, you know, did some mechanical stuff, electrical work, and I just assisted, you know, just, um, you know, it wasn't, it, it was not glamorous work. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it was a very, I, you know, it sounds romantic to do, um, or at least it sounded romantic for me to do. Um. It, describe that a, a little bit. I mean, you know, how'd you eat, sleep? Well, you know, we, you know, we, um, you know, we would eat at, um, you know, it's interesting that I guess they have dinner and lunch over there. No, I'm sorry, breakfast and lunch, but I don't think they have dinner over there. Mm -hmm. And we would, you know, but we would eat Afghani food, although Jim had also packed a lot of food in the shipping containers. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, um, we'd probably get about, every other night we'd get two hours of electricity if we were lucky. Mm -hmm. So probably eight hours of electricity total. So a lot of the time, you know, <laughs> you know, the lights would just go off at any other time. So, you know, we had to get, we, we had to use candles and flashlights and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we, um, you know, for a long time we didn't have running water, so we had to, you know, take a shower with a, a tea, um, a teapot in a cup. So, you know, which was not very pleasant because it would get down to 20 degrees at night. Mm -hmm. So, um, but you know that. So it's very rustic style of living. It was very, you know, I wake up every morning to the Muslim call to prayer at five o'clock, and it was, mm -hmm. you know, it was, it was very interesting. You know, very, but, um, you know, not, not the pl most pleasant, especially for someone who's used to, you know, American standards. So. Mm -hmm. What kind of contact or interaction did you have with the population in that area? Well, you know, we, we lived among the people, so, mm -hmm. you know, we had, we had Afghanis working with us, and some of them were actually American citizens. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, um, a front man, you know, a go-between was a man named Rahman Wahimi, who had, um, who had actually um, gone to um, America in the 50s when he was a teenager. Mm -hmm. and, um, 
and he actually has a house in California, and that's where his family is. Mm -hmm. But um, he lives in Kabul because he's on business for constru his construction company. But he, you know, he knew English very well, and um, we also had an, a young boy named Naweed, about 22, who also knew English, and he was mm -hmm. our project manager until he was sacked because he was taking advantage of us. But um, anyway, though, he also knew English, and so we would use those people as translators. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and there was another man, um, a, a, neighbor, a neighbor was an engineer named Lute, who um, was an American citizen who had a house in Phoenix, Arizona, mm -hmm. too. So, you know, so we, there were some people that, you know, that, you know, it's kind of interesting to see American citizens there, but, you know. Yeah. Well, these two uh, older fellows who were American citizens, and did, did they say much about, um, you know, sort of the whole larger political situation? Oh, yes, yes. Wyman was very outspoken. Um, he hates Bush. He mm -hmm. hated his policies, and because... Bush had promised a Marshall Plan for Afghanistan when we went in there, mm -hmm. and that it clearly he has not delivered, and mm -hmm. he, has, um, he has concentrated most of his focus on Iraq. Mm -hmm. And so, and I actually feel that we're going to make the same mistake in Afghanistan that we did when this, after the Soviets pulling out by not getting involved and by letting you know the Taliban you know come in. And, mm -hmm. But you know, that's <laughs> it's not my call, of course, but that's my opinion. Yeah, but you're seeing it kind of, to some extent, um, you know, on the ground. I mean, now. You have these fellows, they're, they're working for you as, as, as translators and so forth. Were there other Afghans kind of coming in and out? Or oh, yeah, well, we had Masons. We, I mean, work, you know, all, most of, since it was just the three Americans, mm -hmm. me, Paul, and Jim, we, had, we obviously had to have a lot of workers come in. You know, we had mm -hmm. the same workers come in. You know, they, you know, they, they did, they um, you know, dug the conduit, the trenches. They, you know, put it in the rocks. Um, you know, they um, did all kinds of work on the house. Um, you know, carpenters, electricians. Mm -hmm. You know, ordinary laborers. You know, so yes, we were always in con we had a lot of contact with the people. Mm -hmm. And how did they seem to regard you guys or the project you were doing? Uh, you know, it's well, you know, I really don't couldn't tell you that. Um, you mm -hmm. know, I couldn't understand their language. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I think some people regard us with derision. You know, some of them were very nice. Um, so you know, it was a mix. I I, I would say. Um, mm -hmm. so I didn't trust any of them personally. <laughs> you know, I know they would try to take advantage of you. So, um, but you know, I. You know, they were good workers for the most part, mm -hmm. though, and I, I guess, you know, they were okay. So. Okay. Uh, how aware were you while you were there that you were in a country where there was still, in effect, a civil war going on? Um, what signs of that were well, there? Well, there were, um, the only thing that reminded me that there was a war going on, well, there were several car bombings there. Um, mm -hmm. One of them was so close, actually, that it shook the house we were staying in. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could see the smoke from a window. It was very, you know, it was very high. We were sitting down at breakfast, and I just heard this loud boom. Um... I'd say there about four or five car bombings in the four-week time period that I was there. But other than that, I mean, there were no, like, gun battles in the street mm -hmm. or any massacres right. or anything like that. I mean, that, you know, right. obviously had largely passed. So, mm -hmm. really, a lot of it, you know, you really didn't even notice, really, that there was a war going on. Just just a third-world, you know, city. But mm -hmm. but there were the car bombings, though, you know. So, you knew there was the presence of the Taliban. We had to be very careful about who we dealt with, you know. Mm -hmm. And that someone didn't tell, you know, the Taliban about our whereabouts, so. Okay. Uh, what condition was the... the dental project in at the point when, when you left? Well, you know, the, um, you know, we had the money, we just, we, you know, like I said, the house needed to be working, so did the clinic. Mm -hmm. But I'm happy to report that, as of now, the clinic and the house have been finished, though. Mm -hmm. So, we're just waiting for the volunteers to come and, you know, start the work. Okay, so they're, they're recruiting dentists and, or people to actually do that, or is he going to Well, do he that wants, himself? no, no, he's done with that. He's been mm -hmm. doing, um, Dr. Jim has been involved in this project about mm -hmm. five years, mm -hmm. and, but he wants American volunteers, or even volunteers from other countries to come. Mm -hmm. You know, it's certainly a dentist, but, you know, uh, 
whether he'll be able to do that, you know, how much success he'll have, I actually don't know. Mm -hmm. But the clinic and the and the house has done, you know, has been finished, so we actually um, accomplished our goal despite the fact that <laughs> we had many hurdles to overcome. I mean, there was something went wrong almost every day. So but what kinds of things went wrong? Oh well, the first of all, you got the whole bureaucracy, the ministry. You know, you have to deal with the government. I mean, you know, getting the shipments in. You know, getting you know, um, you know, uh, doc um, permission to have 24-hour electricity. Mm -hmm. um, Anything also, um, when the crane came to put the clinic on its foundations, it fell through a cesspool, and, um, you know, uh, a can of, one time, uh, you know, someone was painting the roof of the clinic, and he accidentally dropped, a, you know, he let a, a big 50-pound bucket of paint fall right on a sidewalk, so it was, you know, just, a, it was like a, it was like being in a, a Three Stooges comedy, really, just, <laughs> something always went wrong, no matter what, you know, so, Murphy's Law, I guess. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, now... Did you were you basically scheduled to be there a month or when you went there did you know how long you Yeah, were we knew there? we would be there. Um Jim actually stayed behind a little bit longer about mm -hmm. another 2 weeks so I went home by myself. But I did not stay longer than I was supposed to. Okay. And I but, certainly didn't want to stay longer than I was supposed to. I wanted to get out of that country. <laughs> but but you didn't have to leave early or anything else no, like no, that. No. Okay. Um I mentioned before cuz we're asking about kind of a you know, western presence or whatever. I mean, did, did you get much or did you see much of, of Kabul or go to very many places? Well, yeah, we there? went to the market. You know, we 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 went to a bank. You know, it was, mm -hmm. was kind of interesting being frisked. You know, and you'd see mm -hmm. armed guards there. In um, height, mm -hmm. and maybe maybe a foot or two in width. So not very big, but they're very long. Though they go all along the sidewalk and the roads, and you just got to be careful. You know, the ground's very uneven. You can just, you know, you can. It's easy to twist your ankle and break your leg on one of those. Well, could that have been for drainage or something like that? Maybe I, I don't know. I yeah. don't know. So. But that's just sort of. But there's something that you're not used to seeing. When yes. You yeah. Go, go go around. I wasn't it. used to seeing bullet holes too, and a lot of the walls and doors. That was also an interesting mm -hmm. sight. <laughs> you said you went into a market. Is this sort of an open-air market with stalls and stuff like um, that? Or? Actually, it was actually um, um, buildings, old mm -hmm. decrepit buildings, and you'd see like you know you'd have like a grocery, a vegetable mm -hmm. store, a fruit store, and all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. too. And you know you had people begging women, you know, with children, and it was you know it was very bizarre. It was a, mm -hmm. But that's really about all I went to was the market and the bank, and, you know, and obviously we had to go to the site. And we stayed at the house of, of Ramen Rahimi too, a very mm -hmm. nice house actually. So that's really oh yeah. And we, oh, one thing is we did go to a restaurant too. So, mm -hmm. and that was interesting, yeah. Interesting. Right. I was afraid I was going to get sick. Fortunately, I didn't. All right. Uh, now, having gotten back here, um, how do you think this experience uh, has sort of affected your view of the venture in Afghanistan or of humanitarian efforts or things like that? I mean, what did you learn from this? Well... You know, um, when I went there, you know, I guess, you know, I'm interested in po uh, politics and I'm interested in history and foreign policy. And um, when I went there, you know, I, uh, you know, I, um, you know, was very supportive. I was leaning towards an isolationist foreign policy, actually. Mm -hmm. And I must tell you that having been there, <laughs> that, you know, I, I've become even more of an isolationist rather than the other way around. You know, mm -hmm. I just, I, you know, I just... You know, when I saw these people, you know, very, you know, these people very poor, very tough, and they're very mm -hmm. smart because you have they have natural selection over there, mm -hmm. pretty much. You know, <laughs> if you live to be 18, you know, you, you've got to be tough. And I just don't understand why we're over here. You know, um, you know why, um, you know, we're having this. You know, and I understand that we had to go after Bin Laden and all that. Um, you know, which we still haven't accomplished. But at the same time, you know. Just the whole, um, but I also know that we were involved in Afghanistan long before this. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we, uh, uh, current Defense Secretary Robert Gates and the former National Security 
advisor is Vigny Buzinski, um, you know, who was Carter, Jimmy Carter's national mm -hmm. security advisor. He, they have both admitted that it was a provocation, co uh, covert operations that provoked the Soviet invasion, mm -hmm. which has led to the cycle of violence and terrorism that continues to this day. And so, mm -hmm. I, you know, I, you know, having come back from this trip, you know, it's nice to do something good for these poor people. But, um, you know, and I certainly support, you know, NGOs and churches and individuals mm -hmm. coming there volunteer, but I think government should stay out of this kind of business, and we need to stop intervening in the world, whether it's military or foreign aid, we, got, we really should stop all that, you know, and, and stay out of the affairs of other nations. So it is making me more, so this trip has made me more of an isolationist. I've really been, you know, it's just to you know, reinforce what I felt before I went there. Okay. Another dimension of this, this round of conflict right now has to do with the use of, of private contractors and yes. other kinds of people to provide security and do things that we're not sending our own military to do. Yes. How much contact did you have with that sort of person while you were over there? Um, well, I didn't see them, you know, while I was over there. But when on the way back, though, mm -hmm. I did got, get to talk to, um, you know, in fact, I sat on the plane with... with um, with um, private contractors. Um, in fact, I have two um, southern gentlemen mm -hmm. that I met. Um, they had been uh, army officers, actually, um, career army officers. They both served in Vietnam, mm -hmm. and you know, um, one of them had been in special forces. And so, you know, it was very interesting to you know to talk to them. You know, mm -hmm. um, it was interesting to see a, a wide range of views. One of one of them was very hawkish. You know, mm -hmm. he's very you know supports the war. He felt that Bush is not doing you know he's not going far enough. Mm -hmm. And the other one was a staunch opponent of of you know both this war in Iraq and the one in uh, 91 the Persian Gulf mm -hmm. in Vietnam as well so you know you get an interesting view um, you know range of views um, personally you know I um, I don't support mil the idea of military contractors um, because when you have private companies going into war zones you know to surprise the fort for the military you give them an incentive to essentially uh, profit from conflict and I mm -hmm. think that sets a bad precedent um, you know, and I, I think that's, I think, I just think that's a very, um, dangerous trend, you know, um, and I don't think we should go down that road. Now, when you were actually in Afghanistan, when you were going from one place to another, did you have security with you, or did you just go on your own? Uh, well, I never went anywhere without somebody, with, uh, with Jim, Paul, Raman, um, but we did not have actual security. We had mm -hmm. security at the site, mm -hmm. but we did not actually, you know, when we went out, we would walk around, but, you know, I, I certainly never went by myself. Okay, so that... While you needed to be with somebody who knew what they were doing yes, and where they were yes, going, yes, it was yes. not the kind of thing where everywhere you went no, you had no, to have armed guards no, with no, you no, and so no, forth. No, no, uh, yeah, so to what extent did, did life in Kabul seem to be sort of normal as far as most of the people were concerned? Were they kind of going about their business? Yes, you know, it was very, you know, it was very, it was very touching to see little kids, you know, who have nothing, you mm -hmm. know, who are poor and. Uh, you know, and winter was coming on, and I, you know, I, I, I was freezing, and you know, I was better off. We were better off than them, and but mm -hmm. at the same time, you know, it was, it was, it was very, um, you know, it was incredible to see, you know, kids, you know, and you know, people just going about their lives like you would around here. You know, mm -hmm. going to the mosque like you know, people around here, later people go to church, and it was just, you know, it was, it was, it was, you know, hard to believe that people can have, you know, lead this normal life, mm -hmm. you know, amidst all this, you know, chaos, this poverty and misery, you know, and uh, but it just goes to show that, you know, I think. Um, um, in a universal sense, people are the same. You know, the Afghanis are really no different than Americans. They just want to, you know, many of them just want to go about their lives and be left alone. You know, mm -hmm. and fortunately, that's not been Afghanistan's experience. But you know, um, they're not these, you know, radical. You know, they're not all these fundamentalist radicals that want to, you know, kill, you know, Westerners mm -hmm. or whatever. You know, that's they're not like that at all. Many of them are very nice people. You know, you have people, yes, that want to take advantage of you as you will anywhere. So it's a very interesting experience. Well, you. 
you're, you're suggesting that the, this kind of military adventurism is probably a bad thing. Now, once you've gotten yourself into a military adventure, then in a way you, you've maybe, you know, messed things up, and, and arguably a country has some responsibility for it. Or at least right now we've got a bunch of people over there and ongoing stuff going on. Uh, do you have any ideas about what, you know, the, the American government ought to be doing now? Well, look, um, as far as your first point, I don't agree with that because, um, I, and I understand, you know, um, you know, Colin Powell's um, saying, if you break it, you fix it. Mm -hmm. um, as far as I'm concerned, that's the gov. That's um, you know, we, when we when you say things like we went in there, well, mm -hmm. no, we didn't go in there. <laughs> the government, the mm -hmm. politicians in power did that, right. and I feel that in a republic, um, you know, um, and Ron Paul, the the, the presidential candidate, um, you know, was anti-war, he actually brought up this point that when a government is making a mistake, or when you're making a mistake, then the best thing to do is to stop making that mistake. It's not to keep repeating the mistake. Mm -hmm. And so I think we need to change the overall policy. Mm -hmm. So, um, and so, and I don't see any reason why, you know, even if our politicians decide to, you know, do something that is very misguided, you know, you know, in, um, you know, make a, a foreign policy blunder. I don't see why mm -hmm. the rest of us should pay for that. And so I don't think that. I, I think, um, you know, I think we should pull out of Iraq and, you know, maybe we, you know, we should even pull out of Afghanistan, you know. Um, I think you need to fix the, the overall policy, you know. Mm -hmm. Instead, um, that being said, though, um, given the reality that we are a superpower and it doesn't look like we're going to be um, become isolationists anytime in the near future, I do think that the Bush administration should pay attention to the Afghani people mm -hmm. and should focus more on the efforts over there. Um, because many Afghanis do like America, they, mm -hmm. or they would if, you know, mm -hmm. if America would actually keep its promise. And, um, and that's something I heard a lot over there. You know, mm -hmm. many people, they don't, they, you know, they like America because they love American culture. Mm -hmm. there many people, you know, they had American they like to watch American movies mm -hmm. and all that. And, um, it's just, you know, but like I said, you know, Bush has not kept his promise. And so mm -hmm. I think if we are going to be involved in the world, okay, and, and I don't believe we should, but if we are going to do that, if that is the reality, then I think we should do it much, you know, better. And we should actually, you know, try to help, you know, the needs of these people, um, you know, and, it, you know, it's, uh, and you have to understand that much of a, uh, of a foreign aid to, the, um, to Afghanistan actually goes to the government and it's mm -hmm. divided up among um, Dahamid Karzai and many of his friends who are corrupt. And hardly any of it goes to the people, so. And the people aren't stupid, they know what's going on, mm -hmm. you know. Hence, you know, and I think, I think that just um, contributes to terrorism, too. You know, it, you know, it obviously disillusions a lot of people, and so, not to mention our bombings over there, too. <laughs> so, um, but um, that being said, um, about, but overall, though, I think we need to change the policy. I think we need to stay out of the affairs of other nations. Now, uh, in, in closing here, is there, can you think of any kind of particular event or incident, maybe, while you were there working in the clinic? that kind of characterizes the experience? If you're going you to walk away thinking, what, what sort of sticks in your head about that? Well, hmm. As far as my overall impressions, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. you know, what particular, I mean, there were many great incidents, or there were many memorable incidents, but, um, you know, um, I guess maybe, uh, the, the, you know, the, the troubles we had with the clinic, you know, with mm -hmm. the, you know, getting the clinic set up, you know, it just, you know, it really, um, it really, um, you know, the troubles we had with the government, it, um, what's the word, it educated me, you know, it mm -hmm. really gave me an appreciation for how hard it is to, to run an NGO in a third world country, you know, mm -hmm. all the, you know, or even to do a, 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 you know, a military action, like what we're doing now, you know, having to deal with these kinds of populations where there may be no, there are, there are no, like, 
you know, there may not be a lot of competent leaders. Many people may mm -hmm. be corrupt, you know, and just how hard it is to build a democracy in, you know, in this, you know, part of the world that, that has never really seen democracy. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I actually agree with Machiavelli that you can't build a republic with a probably, or that it's very difficult to do so where there previously was no republic, mm -hmm. you know. So I guess, you know, just the overall, you know, the troubles that we had, you know, really underscored, you know, just, uh, it was just really a microcosm of uh, potential problems over there. So, and I'm very, you know, I hope that they'll, you know, that they can become a democracy. But I'm very skeptical at this point. You know, whether we can actually do that, and certainly whether we're even willing to do that. So. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thank you very much for coming and talking to us. Thank you. The preceding program is copyrighted by Grand Valley State University. Visit us at gbsu.edu.